This episode includes some material that is of a sensitive nature. It discusses BDSM scenes and consensual non-consent play that may be triggering for some. Please use discretion while listening. Humpty Quickie's Swingers Confessions is intended for mature audiences only and contains explicit language and sexual situations. This is not intended as any professional advice. Welcome to Hump Day Quickies, Swinger Confessions. Here in the sex apartment, we share our own sex-positive stories and welcome our friends to open up about their experiences in the ethically non-monogamous lifestyle. Bex and Boone are back, and now it's time to dig into the BDSM side of their life. I'm so intrigued, and I have so many questions, but Bex is great at answering them from her perspective. Things get very intense as they talk about their favorite experience where Bex has a new type of forced orgasm. And we're back at the sex apartment. Coming back to dig into a little more of the BDSM world, we have Bex and Boone again. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome. I will say the first night that we saw you doing a BDSM scene, Mm -hmm. I was amazed as to what you took to a point. And then when it became a more sexual moment, how quickly you were like, all right, I'm out. Tap. And it it was like, wow, she she handled all that. And then that she reached her climax point at that and was like, okay, I'm out. And I was. As soon as I come, I'm gone. Like, don't, I'm. See you. (laughs) <laughs> sayonara yeah sounds very familiar and i'm fine with not coming i can sit there all night long and everybody can get their rocks off and i can do that at the end by myself and i'm even fine with that yeah once i come it's over y'all yeah i'm out because it hurts for me after I, that it's I, painful i can it's see that based on what i saw that night so yeah yeah <laughs> let's dig into that bdsm side mm-hmm when did that start? So like anybody else, I think, you know, there's always going to be that slap on the ass situation, but I can't leave shit alone, y'all. He gives a slap on the ass and I'm like, harder. Okay. Okay, fine. Harder. And it turns into this thing. That was how it first started. Yeah. Now you mentioned that in everyday life, you are far more dominant. To everyone in every situation. When you get in the bedroom, is that where you can just, ah, okay, now I can relax with him? Yeah. It it, it really does depend on the person that she is in the bedroom with. Mm-hmm. If it's me, she definitely feels like she can let herself go. And she I knows- want to. I'm like eager. She, she, she knows it. that I'm going to take care of what she needs. So she is able to let her guard down and let. And I don't trust let, people to take care of me. Yeah, mm-hmm. Right. I haven't had that experience prior to you that I will be taken care of in any capacity. So it's like this comfort level of I'm safe here. I'm fine here. I have permission. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it for me is feeling like I have permission. Right. Yeah. And, and no matter what she does or what happens in there, in, in that room or in that scene, that she's not going to be judged for the things that happen. They're very much wanted and they're very much a release for her personally. So she's going to feel comfortable with, with somebody else taking control in that and to make sure that that's taken care of. Right. Forgive me if I'm naive when it comes to BDSM stuff, because I am. When you are on the cross and you're receiving a flogging of sorts or any 
kind of beating, I guess. Are you submissive in that position or are you controlling for you specifically? I am not like topping from the bottom. I am fully at their disposal. Okay. She allowed me to put her on that cross. To me that she she submitted to that. That's a submission. Okay. I'm just curious if that's just like a... I don't know who's in control necessarily in that I would position. say I, I relinquished my control to him, but he is fully in control. Also, the other two people who were part of that scene, Hunter and Rose, I played with both of them regularly, okay. um, both separate, like there's in every kind of variation. They have a pretty good idea of what my comfort levels are. I am also submissive to both of them mm-hmm. um, regularly. That is the agreement that the four of us have is that in order for me to grow in the way that I need to grow, that I should be in a submissive space to the three of you. Correct. Let's dig into that because do you feel that's the space that you were in the night of the fetish ball here? No. <laughs> Good. So I read it correctly. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Fetish ball night. I was just living the dream, baby. I was just happiest. Like that is me at my happiest. I don't know if you could tell, but I was just on cloud nine. Pretty sure I saw you skip. But oh, I'm a skipper. That is another thing. I do regularly skip when I am happy. And if I ask somebody to skip with me and they don't, it's like Aw, you suck. You're not cool. Like you're out immediately. You don't skip. You don't enjoy life. You don't even want to try. Yeah, no. So I definitely skipped that night um, because everybody was happy. Everybody was in a great mood. There was a lot of anticipation about what the night would bring. You could tell nobody cared how it actually turned out that everybody was truly enjoying the company they were keeping. Mm -hmm. Immediately. The moment I walked into this place, I was like, everybody's happier than a pig and shit in here. Like, this is wonderful. (laughs) And I just felt like it continued all night long. It really did. It really did. The way the whole group matched together because it wasn't designed that way. It was, a handful of people oh i know these other people that are going oh i know these people are going it's cool everybody just come hang out yeah it ended up being twice the size of anything we've ever had here and it just see we had no idea we figured this was a normal weekend at this place i wish (laughs) no that was a bigger event than usual really which version of you do you feel is closer to the real you oh man I think they're both her. They are. I, both I, I don't. I don't. I don't think you differentiate between that. It really depends on her situation and her comfort level in that situation. Yes, she's going to be dominant when she feels she needs to be dominant, and she's going to be submissive when she feels she's allowed to be submissive. And I feel like everybody should just like be okay with that. <laughs> she's only going to be submissive when she knows everybody's going to be okay with Mm -hmm. it. I want everybody to be happy with what it is I'm doing too. Like, I know that sounds silly because I come across as a person who's like, I'm going to do what I want and I'm going to push back. But like, yes, but also I don't want to hurt people, upset people, you know, push things in a direction that are uncomfortable for everybody in the room. I I can't handle that type of attention. I can handle a lot of attention, but not that kind of attention. So both versions are definitely me. And that doesn't surprise me either. It's, I'm feeling pretty good that I've, I've picked up the right things here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you mentioned earlier tonight while we were at dinner that you can judge when or where to play out a scene at the club mm-hmm. and what keeps you from doing it at times. How do you select an area in the club to be able to play out one of your scenes? I think it depends on how I'm feeling that night. It depends on who is with us. It depends on who's at the club and, and what's going on at the club. We too. must always choose the back room, the theater room, mm-hmm. just because it feels like it's a dead end. 
Yep. If you make your way down there and you see something you don't like, it's real easy to make a U-turn and get the hell out of there. You can just bolt real quick. But there's also enough room that if you're liking what you're seeing, you can pop a squat and hang out and watch the show. So we tend to choose that. We've put quite a few shows on. On in that background. I don't know if you've seen any of the other ones. We've definitely done some. And I'm a little disappointed that we (laughs) hadn't seen one up until that point. But like you said, it's a continuous hallway. So people get to that point and they can continue back the way they came or down another hallway. But there's an area there where you can stand and stop and watch. Right. And there was a group of 10 of us that really could have moved on to any place else, but we all stayed. There were a lot of distractions that night. And we were involved in way too many of those, and I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) We were part of those distractions. It's okay. We tried to get you guys engaged at one point, but I don't think your group knew how to handle that. He told me, he said, turn around and tell the nice people hi. I don't know if y'all caught that. No, I didn't. Oh, Oh, yeah. He said, why don't you turn your pretty face around and tell the nice people hi? So I turned around and I said, hello, everyone. Oh, that's fucking hot. Yeah. (laughs) I missed it. And we, I was like, Hi. we were in and out because we were doing tours that night too. So yeah, so we might. Not whenever we were able to dump people off and get back to it, that we were, which is weird. We ended up back there three times. So yeah, I said hello to everyone, and like the group was just kind of like, hey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's very task oriented when she's in a submissive space, so she likes to uh, be told to do things and complete things that that makes her feel accomplished. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very respectful that you choose that specific room for the reasons you have said. You're very respectful in knowing, I don't want to say it in this way, but it's the only way I can think of right now, your place. You know where the BDSM world starts and the swinger world stops. You know what I mean? You kind of know that area. We've apologized to you guys already about talking through your scene, but I want you to tell us a little bit more from your perspective about what those distractions mean to you and why that is such a distraction or what that becomes for you in your scene. First of all, I don't take anything at the club personally when it comes to sounds. Okay. The walls We're don't go public. to the yeah, you're in public. <laughs> the walls don't go to the ceiling. There's a lot of new faces in there and I feel like as people who have been at this for a little while, we should show a certain amount of grace and understanding to those who are new. Not everybody reacts to things the same way. Not everybody can play it cool. Mm-hmm. the same way. And some people, their first landing in the swinger world is going to be at a club such as the club we go to. And that first encounter with something new visually might arouse a pretty loud reaction of sorts. So I try not to... We don't want to scare somebody away by her getting her ass beat on a cross and somebody else be like, this is not what I signed up for. And that's, right. the, mm-hmm. that's the first thing they see when they come into a club. That's not what we're... We, we want them to have an enjoyable experience. And want too. to come back and yeah. know that if if they see Bex and Boone fucking around in the back room, well, that's, oh, just, that's them. just them. Yeah. And that's not an expectation for them. And that's not how it is every day and all the time. And it's not this intense thing. It can be very, you know, soft and sensuous. It doesn't have to be Bex getting her ass beat. I can speak for me. When we've played in rooms with just the chain up and the door open, I have the ability to either hyper-focus on what's in front of me or hyper-focus on the conversations at the door. And unfortunately, if I'm not in the headspace of everything in front of me is wonderful, then I'm definitely listening to the conversations at the door. That takes me out of the experience and that affects me in the sense of now I'm going through the motions to finish up this experience because I'm not getting turned on anymore. All I'm doing is listening to the conversations at the door. And they could be perfectly wonderful conversations. 
conversations. They could be like, oh, she's got a great ass or look, it's look, too it, much. It's just that's all I'm thinking of. And I'm not in the moment for myself. So I'm just curious, like from a BDSM standpoint, because I know there's the subspace and all that other stuff. If those conversations negatively affect you, because it sounds like you're very graceful and, and accepting of how many conversations are going on around you. And I, maybe you're just able to like get into your space. And I think it was because about that it. time there were so many more people involved in giving me stimulation. It wasn't a one-on-one situation. Had it just been Boone and I, I think I would have struggled a lot more to maintain that connection. But that night, Hunter and Rose freed him of the physical part that he had to play on me. And he was focusing on nothing but psychological and emotional support. Okay. So he was on the other side of the cross, eyes locked with me, mm-hmm. talking to me, yep. walking me through things, keeping me grounded in places I needed to be grounded. The physical stimulus was coming from Hunter and Rose, mm-hmm. but the emotional part of things, I was fully locked into yeah. him. Okay. And it kept me from having to pay attention to the conversations that were going on because he kept me locked and I, he didn't have to focus on anything physical for me as well. Okay. I don't think she was aware of a lot of the things that I were wasn't. going on. Okay. She, she wasn't aware of how many people were watching, who was in and out. Okay. She was very much focused he had to, on they, me. They had to like bring me out of there at yeah. the end of it and like take me home because I, I was so gone. Okay. I very well remember that. I said I felt I was, relief. I don't know if you heard me, but I was like, oh my God, I feel so relieved. I feel lighter, freer. I feel relieved. And I was like, I'm just done. I'm good. I need to go home. I'm ready for bed. Like I feel great. It it really does give her a space for that set amount of time where that's really the only thing she's focusing on is is that space. Because my brain runs wild 24 seven. So she doesn't have a million other things going on in her head. She's she's, she's just there. She is focused on just being present in that moment. Yeah. The stimulus from the pain, like from the beating itself, it goes away for me. Like I can go completely gone and just sit in it. At the club, there's a certain level of needing to maintain. I know what I'm capable of. I know how far it can go. And it can go very, very far. It wasn't even. Not even close. I was just this belt. (laughs) And the rug beater. You say just. Yes. It's like a a meditative state for me. It's peace for me. Like Mm -hmm. things shut down. My brain doesn't have to think as hard. Everything else that's running or I'm concerned about shuts off. Mm -hmm. And it's like my body just starts dumping happy chemicals. Interesting. Just you're happy. You're happy. You're good. You're fine. You're okay. Like the kind of happiness that drugs haven't even provided for me. Yeah. That kind of happiness. Now, when you were getting into BDSM stuff, was that somewhere that you just naturally went to or was that something you had to train yourself to get to? Somewhere I just naturally went to. It's like, I just knew. gravitated to it. Yeah. I just knew. Okay. Like, this is where I need to be. This is what I need to be doing. Th- things escalated to that pretty quickly. Quickly. Honestly. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. It was like, oh, we want this. We want this. Oh, this is this. And then this, it was this, like, it escalated so quickly that he was like, I don't feel comfortable hitting you. As yeah. Now he now does, oh, I, but I at, know the what time, at the time, at the time, I sent was, her to somebody else to be and honest. And that's how I met yeah. Hunter. Yeah. Hmm. Really? Yes. Okay. There was a, a threshold that was like, I'm actually not so sure about this. How serious are you? Right. <laughs> so I went to someone else. Right. Yeah. When this 
process kind of started happening and it was getting to more BDSM stuff, how did you feel about that? Did you feel like it was up your alley or you had to learn how to do this? A a little bit of both. I I definitely felt comfortable doing it to an extent. There's definitely that spot and that threshold that's like, I don't don't want to be the person to take it over that ledge. Yeah. Right. Because that that can't be undone after that. Right. right? So once you go over that ledge, it's like, then I'm that person that Mm -hmm. did that. Mm -hmm. I needed somebody else to like, if if you're serious and this is, this is what you want to do. This is how you want to heal. (laughs) Right. I I guess it's a healing thing. If this is the avenue that you want to approach, you need to, you need to seek somebody else out because I I can take it this far, but I know that you are looking for and wanting more than this because there's an area in your brain that you're trying to hit. I can be that person. I just need to make sure that you want me to be that person first. Mm -hmm. And she made sure she wanted me to be that person. And now we have no problems no with that. No hangups with it. I can take it as far as she'll allow it. Allow it. I know what that limit looks like. And I you know, know it better than anybody. Right. And I know. I think because you told me to go and go somewhere else, it definitely made you go, okay, she's okay. Like she knows what her threshold is. Right. She, she knew what she was looking. I just need to make sure she was okay with that. It's not a trap. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like a trap. Tell me you want me to hit you harder? I don't know, lady. I don't know, lady. (laughs) How did you find Hunter? Hunter found me. Hunter was looking for a threesome. (laughs) And then I read his profile. And I don't usually play with men who are older than me. And I was like, I don't know about you. Because with age comes wisdom, comes experience. That you just, you can explain these things to people who are younger than you. But until you've like slogged through life day in and day out and understand what that looks like. It's just a different level of intellect. He said on his profile that he was an experienced Dom. And I was like, well, you're hitting some buttons for me. (laughs) You're older than me. So it's already putting me outside of my comfort zone. She already feels submissive in that space. So she already feels inferior to that because of the age age and the the respect that's supposed to come with that. Okay. Very traditional yeah. in a lot of ways. Although I have no problem maintaining a, a strong female presence and being dominant amongst men, I'm still very traditional in a lot of ways and was raised very traditionally. So recognizing his, I guess his authority just based off his his age was the first thing. Physically, he was in great shape, attractive. He carries himself well, too. He, he has a good poise to himself. Very measured, those types of things. So I was like, all right, maybe I'll I'll see what this is about. He's like, you know, are you? he wrote out a very respectful first message, detailed, all the things that I want to see. Like, if you come in with a, hey, what's up, or anything like that, it's immediate... <laughs> No, for me, like oh, you, God, the, right? Yes. So they're not yep. for me. Like I'm right. looking for the someone who's the, the person who's putting in effort, the person who's got something going on. Because for me, attraction is really difficult as well. Sure. I don't, I don't experience like this initial set of attractive, your hot feeling. Like I know when somebody is attractive, I know when they are conventionally looked at as attractive, and I know what I think is attractive. But as far as like actually liking someone, I can't get to that point until I speak to them, until I meet them. So you're almost worse off approaching me online than just waiting to knowing when I'm going to be at the club and approaching me that way. You have a much better chance with me of going up to me at the club and saying, hey, I've seen you around. How are you doing? And letting your personality shine rather than just messaging me because I can look through a million pictures of the hottest people on the planet and not be interested at all. Mm -hmm. It do nothing for me. I I won't care. I won't feel like I'm missing out on somebody. I'm not like, oh God, this person's so sexy. Got to sleep with them. It doesn't do it for me. But if I meet someone and they're like, I got a bug farm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then I'm into it. Oh, well. <laughs> no, 
just something different or interesting, I'm like, oh, tell me more. I like people who are passionate and yep. those kinds of things. It, it's a huge turnoff. If you ask us, hey, do you want to come hang out with this incredibly good looking couple? Or do you want to go hang out with the drag show queens? Uh, I'm going to pick the drag show right, queens. Right. We want the excitement. Time. We want every the, single the entertainment. time. We've seen, we've seen the good looking couple before. We, <laughs> we I want the hot. We want the weird stuff too. <laughs> right. We want the, the fun excitement. We want all of that. Right. You actually phrased it perfectly before in that you're into the experiences. Yeah. Just finding that new next moment that you haven't seen before. Right. But it doesn't have to be like over the top either. It can be simple stuff. Life is what you make it. It can be fun things. It can be simple little things. It could be that little taking your panties off at the dinner table and handing them to a friend. It could be a quick makeout session in a park before going to lunch. It doesn't have to be these over the top like experiences. It can be these cute little high school moments also that are just as worthwhile. So, Hunter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But anyway, he was looking for a threesome. I saw that he was an experienced Dom, and I was like, "Well, let's see what he's got going on." And how did you explain to him what you were looking for? Oh my God, I didn't. I went out on a date with him and trauma dumped on him for about like two hours, and now this man knows everything about me, so we can get somewhere now. Do you vet? Doms? He is the only Dom I play with outside of him. And it just kind of happened happenstance. There was no plan. Okay. And he has other submissives and stuff. So like, I mean, it it tracks. I also made sure to meet one of his submissives prior to playing with him. Okay. I made sure to, from afar, watch him engage with one of his submissives at the club. What that looked like, how he treated her, how he walked, how he carried himself, how he talks, every, everything. Very measured. Yeah. He did good. (laughs) Then she went to his house and he beat her ass. (laughs) I I was going to say, how do we transition from Boone's reached his limit as to what he's comfortable with at this point, find someone else to find what the limit is? To actually finding someone to find what that limit is. It's just basic communication. It really is just being open and honest about where you're at. And so I did. I trauma dumped on a perfectly good stranger. First of all, he was already established in the lifestyle. I already knew that because, again, I had checked other places. He is a member of our local club, which is always a good sign. He had found me on a different site. And so to know that he was already a member of the club that I go to also being a single male and having females that he regularly engages with is a huge, good, you know, green flag for me sure. to know that there are other women that say, Hey, you know, I continue to go back. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a safe place for me to be. And also the fact that he never withheld me having contact with any of these women and encouraged mm-hmm. me, That's huge. me to contact, talk, whatever in that space was a big part of it. And now like they're our closest friends. That's awesome. What was that first experience like? Terrifying. I was fucking scared out of my brains. Why? So afraid because I don't trust men. I don't trust men at all. I knew that it was my job to relinquish my power to him in that moment. And I did a terrible job at it. Why is that? I was unable to actually fully relinquish that control to fully submit. I never did find that subspace in that interaction. Now, what does that mean? Because you're talking to two novices plus probably a whole lot more out there. It was trying to break a horse. It takes time. I am not used to being submissive to men at all. Let alone somebody that's not me. 
Mm-hmm. Right. That she just met and then. That she's just met that she yeah. trauma dumped Tom for two hours, vetted him for a few weeks to make sure that she wasn't going to get murdered. <laughs> and then still wasn't so certain that she wasn't going to get murdered. <laughs> hey, all valid. Yeah, right. I was going to say. Given the space, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't cooperative. I think that there are probably women in their everyday lives who date who are able to be more relaxed in a sexual situation than I was even going into that, knowing that's what we were doing, knowing about the scene, discussing what the expectations were. And I still just could not fucking do it, y'all. Now, from an experienced Dom, what is his way of working through that with you? He showed me nothing but grace and understanding. Yeah. And that was almost worse. (laughs) (laughs) But but, but he really did take control of the scene and take control of what was supposed to be happening there. And he really did have her best wishes and needs in mind when he was doing it. So he really did make a good Dom in that situation. Yeah, I never felt unsafe because of anything he was doing. It literally was like... Your own internal struggle. It's my own thing. It's my own hang up. It's my own... I don't know. It's not that I was afraid he was going to hurt me or anything like that. I guess it's the space that you go to or at least for me, I was afraid I'd end up in a space that put me in an emotional state that I was not willing to share with this man. Yeah. Point blank period, a level of vulnerability. I did not want to share with him. Yeah. How long did it take you until you were able to get to that point? We have only recently got there and we have been friends for a year. Okay. And roughly how many sessions are we talking here? Enough. Numerous. Enough. You would think it would have came sooner, and it really didn't. It, it, it takes a lot of trust and a lot of... It was a building process? It is a building process. Still, um, it still is. To the point where I actually suggested that he bring Rose in so I could feel a sense of safety and comfort in that space, which was a huge challenge because Rose is very dominant with women. And so now um, it's asking her to be in a submissive space where I am not necessarily put into a submissive space. What she did for me was huge, you guys. She allowed me to be in her space during a scene, also be involved in that scene, free from any kind of me being submissive as well. So she was fully submissive in this space. He was fully dominant to her and I was acting however either I felt comfortable acting or he guided me to act. So she gave up that control to me in the very beginning so I could have that level of comfort and safety, which was big with him and with her. So that helped me to build that trust with him and her. And now I'm able to play more comfortably alone with him because she showed me that it was okay. Yeah. What astonishes me the most is that this is all within the last year. Yes. I mean, just looking like at you and Tommy and what you've opened yourself up to over the last almost three years now, Mm -hmm. just to see that growth in a year is really impressive. Now, Hunter and I are still growing together. I can see that. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to make any sense. There's still a lot of places in my brain I'd like to explore. Mm -hmm. And in order to get to those places, the stimulus needs to be um, aggressive. Isn't the right word, but like disorienting. So having had played, like having the the four of us together helps get that out in my brain. But I think with growing that comfortability with Hunter, he's very skilled I mean, the man, he can hit. I don't know how, how else to say it. You've seen it. He has a hand on him. I don't know. How <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's like There's he, he, something the way about this man, the way he hits. Like the first time he hit you. me. Yeah, the first time he hit me, I explain it as feeling your soul leave your body. So the first night that we ever did anything, like everything was dis- 
disgust. And there I am. And he just hits me across the bottom. And it took my fucking breath away. I was like, holy shit. He didn't hold back. He wasn't concerned. There was no sense of, are you sure? No, this motherfucker hit me. And I was like, okay, he's going to hit me. (laughs) (laughs) What was agreed to during that? And what was the discussion leading into that? Basically, the discussion leading into it was a lot of him just reassuring me that we're walking around the edges of things. We're testing things out. The expectation is very basic. You will call me, sir. That was agreed upon. You will ask for things that you want. You will communicate thoroughly the entire time. And see, that's where I fucked up is like I did shut down at one point. Like I completely shut down. Right. I mean, this is pretty vulnerable, actually. And I literally out loud said, I'm scared. Just straight up. I'm scared. Now, that was not agreed upon verbiage at the time as far as what was considered a green go and what was considered a red stop. But he had enough wherewithal to recognize that I was very fucking serious. So he played into that. He intuitively knew that I was dead serious. If I, at this point in our relationship, if I were to say I'm scared. Oh, you're scared. Oh, poor baby. (laughs) Yeah. How did he react to it? He was very compassionate, very understanding. And he sat me up and he told me that I was okay, that I was safe. You know, hey, you want to stop? He has been fully committed to helping me work through the things that I told him I wanted to work through in this space with him and has maintained that dedication to my growth in the same way I would give to other people. So I think that's why we've maintained such a beautiful friendship. Is there a dom space that is similar to like a subspace? I think so. Okay. I'm just, I don't I, know. I personally, I'm so naive get into the scene. <laughs> I, I definitely am into what I'm doing and very, we're both switches. Okay. Right. We both have the same exact preferences, likes, my, all the things. My, my dom style, I'm very much more primal than anything. So I am, I'm very much in you. And, and I am and up psychological and with you. And I definitely get into it and I definitely lose myself in that. So I would definitely say, yes, there is a dom space. Like there is a subspace. Hmm. I agree. This all fascinates me, by the way, which is why I'm asking so many Honestly, questions. We are and not I never ever ask. We are not any kind yeah, of. We are, we are very much normal people. We just have our very unique sexual preferences, right? Like it's we're we're new at a lot of this stuff as well. Yeah, I don't think it's weird. I think I just I'm fascinated by it because it's not necessarily something I gravitate to to turn me on, but it's mm-hmm. definitely something I'm just fascinated with and how it works in people's heads. Okay. So just in hearing you explain head, these things I'm are awesome. super hard on myself. Yeah. So like I talked about earlier about needing the permission, that's part of it. I'm very questioning of myself. The allowance I will give to other people, I'd never give to myself ever. Mm-hmm. Even though I think it's perfectly normal, perfect. Okay. Behavior, like what you're doing is okay. Like that's fine. That's great. That's wonderful. You're perfect. Not for me, bro. No way, no how. Like, Bex can't do those things. She has to keep it 100, 100% of the time. Like, I'm very, mm, like, a stickler Mm -hmm. about things. So to be given permission to feel, 
to act as my body wants to act, not as I am consciously deciding. It's freedom. Mm -hmm. I seek freedom at every opportunity, but often don't feel like I have it. Having that freedom is everything to me and and the permission to do it. Then I don't have to feel bad about it. Like just doing things, you may feel bad about them. I can't feel bad about them because I was told I was allowed. I can say that. Maybe it's childish a bit, but it, it really does give me that sense of you're okay. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying this. I'm letting you. I know. I, I don't have anything else <laughs> this, right this, this second, but. Like she just said, this is very weird for her. She's a. Mm, mm. No, I love it too. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, this all fascinates me. I've always been fascinated by all BDSM things. I myself am not into any sort of pain. So it's hard. Like, Ooh, but. You don't have this, to be though. But the submission pain. part for me, I absolutely identify with submission in all aspects of my life. Like I am not one person in my day life and a different person in my bedroom life. I'm very much the same person all day long. But that level of authenticity is like beautiful to me. But yeah. And I don't feel like that. Like I can't give that to the world. I can't give that level of like, this is me all the time. No bitch. Sometimes that's me. I may be somebody else in like five minutes. I don't know. Well, I find what's weird is that when I want to be assertive in my regular life, I get really pissed off because every other part of my life is submission. So I get so pissed that nobody will listen to me because now I'm asserting myself and now you should listen to me. But I never expected any other time. So it's always like that for me, an internal struggle of do I just assert myself and make sure I'm heard and make sure I'm being aggressive or outside of the norm of like, what I picture a woman should be. You have your man and your woman and the woman is the less, you know, she's the submissive. And that's always in my head because that's how I was raised. And it's that fight with what I think should be the norm. It's all of that. I completely understand everything you're saying. A lot of that does come from in the lifestyle. Here's another thing. In the lifestyle, it does give you the freedom to kind of step outside of that patriarchal view of what a woman is supposed to look like in her everyday life and Mm -hmm. how is she, she is supposed to behave. Conversation that Boone and I had earlier in tonight is like, I know that people think the things that we do are just wild, right? Like, oh my God, she's such a bad girl. Like, oh, that's wild. I look at Tom and Lauren and I'm like, Lauren is such a bad girl. Oh my God. I could never, oh my God, she's such a baddie. Like seriously. (laughs) So like people think like I'm out there, I'm doing this, but like it's perspective. It's what you've experienced and what you've been introduced to. But like, I look at Tom and Lauren and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's so wild. No, I probably could. I'm like, like, I gotta try. I'm like, I gotta try It's on the list. I'm like, Lauren's gotta tell me everything. But like, to me, that's the next level. Yeah. Whereas people think, oh, what we're doing is like a next level. For me, it's like what those ladies are doing is a next level. Yeah. It's just about what you've been introduced to first in what order and what the perspective is for it. Yep. 100%. So it's just funny. We talked about being intimidating and I'm like, that's really weird for me because I'm just like every other bitch back home. <laughs> like, I really am. I'm no different than any other girl in my hometown. We're all built like this. All of us. Yeah. But again, I look at like some of the other ladies in the lifestyle and they think I'm you know, wild. And I'm like, you girls are wild. (laughs) 
You can be intimate with people? That's crazy. <laughs> like right off the bat. Right. No, but I'm, like there's a level of, I'm a girl's girl. Yeah. Like, so tell me the secrets, right? Embrace me. Let me be your friend. Let's teach me your ways. Like, fuck yeah. Teach me the glory hole room. I need to know these things. Yeah. You think I'm going to go in there on my own? No, <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to go into the BDSM room first and I'll drag you in That's there. where you're comfortable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I need you to like, do those things. Mm-hmm. I can see that. So what would you consider your favorite lifestyle experience? Oh man, the private dungeon. Oh, it's gotta be the dungeon. We were supposed to go to a hotel takeover that got canceled All right. to celebrate our wedding anniversary. As any good couple should. <laughs> Two years in a row, actually, how we've celebrated a wedding anniversary. Lifestyle yeah, wedding a, anniversary. A lifestyle event. Incorporated friends. Sure. <laughs> That's how we like to celebrate ourselves. <laughs> so we went to a kink B&B that is unlisted pretty much anywhere. Yeah, Hunter knows about the place, so he suggested it after the hotel takeover fell through. He planned it all. and Planned it, it all, got it all. Set up and said, meet us here. Meet us at this location on this Friday. and we'll Saturday. Make it. Was it a Saturday? It was a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so it was Hunter, Rose, Kurt, Court. And then us. Yeah. No plans. Just like a, hey, we're going to show up at this location. And the six of us who have never played together, by the way, all six of us have never no, played never together. Have. We're like, we're just going to, we're going to go for it. And we did. Oh, yeah. So this place has like a wench in the ceiling where you can like string people up. All St. kinds. St. Andrew's Cross has got a cage bed. Yeah. That- okay. So there's the standalone cage. There's a bed that has a cage under it. There's the swing. There's a bunch of glory holes. There's like a milking table you can put into place. Oh my gosh. So they had, for the Catholics in the house, (laughs) they had a prayer bench. Oh, yes. With I can show you a picture with like a mirror in front of it and like the rosary beads and the sconces. So like you're face to face with a mirror. So imagine getting spanked on that. You're looking at yourself. yourself. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Didn't try that one on for size. Mm -mm. More. Hail Marys. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I could see the scene play out in my head. Like it, yeah. it would be a fun one. Tons of different floggers available. One that was even made out of a fire hose. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Ooh, good. one that was made out of a tire tread. Right, so there's it's a wooden paddle on one side and the other side is a tire tread. That's, that's It goes a thing. through you. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. Boone did have me hit him with it. Later it, on. It, it goes through you. It it's, it's impressive, actually. You, you yeah. feel that all the way through. They had several spanking benches in there. Like, yeah, There's just anything you could think of that you might would need is in this dungeon. Yeah. So I'm a very primal person, like very primal person. Like I'm just rough. Like I, I equate myself as to like being like a baby bear. I like a little cuddle struggle. I like to push a little. <laughs> cuddle struggle. It, it, it's... it's wow. You have to tame it, right? So you have to- I don't actually want to win. Like, I'm not actually- I'm just pushing buttons. I'm Mm -hmm. just- It's very animalistic. It is, because, like, if I can get one over on you, I fucking will. Right. (laughs) And I want her to. I want the the fight. I want the struggle. I want to know that I've earned it. I want to know- And mind you, we're not, like, wrestling to fuck. It's not like, I'm wrestling you to penetrate you. I'm wrestling to fuck. No, we're just- (laughs) That is what I'm doing. Yeah, I absolutely I'm like, I'm having fun. This is a good time. (laughs) But, like, it's just, like, play fighting. It's play fighting. Absolutely. (laughs) 
I'm just a lot stronger than a lot of women. <laughs> when she, and I am very... I, right, so when, when she fights back, you have to fight, and you the, the goal is to win. It's, <laughs> it's to, to win and her. And I'm not weak, y'all. Right, and it is to take her, and it's to win her. There's something about it when you know you have the baddest woman around, and you dominated her and just completely owned everything about her. Every time before we go out, so Boone likes me to wear a collar when we're in this space. He feels like he sees a difference in me when I have some type of symbolic something on. Like even tonight, I have something symbolic on that is giving me the freedom to be in this space and to not be regular Bex how she is day in and day out, you know, with her fucking organizer book and all that stuff. So it just gives me the, the freedom to, you know, be in that space. But he has said more than once that I look like a gladiator chained up. You said that it makes you feel like, damn, I tamed that. Totally could like get that. that. Yeah. It, well, it makes me feel good. I like I, I love that. Like, so it makes me feel like he values that I'm relinquishing the power that I have. And he's recognizing that I am powerful and that I am choosing to give that to him. So that means a lot to me. And I know it sounds like ritualistic and maybe silly to some people, but it means everything to me that he recognizes that I am capable and powerful and strong and that I am choosing to allow him to have this relationship in this way. And it's because I trust him and because he is capable and he is powerful and he is strong. I don't know what to say there. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, dear. There's something about her that makes me want to have her. I'll do whatever it takes to accomplish that goal. Sometimes it takes a lot. (laughs) Yeah, and it may not be something physical. It might be you have to sit with me for three hours and talk about National Geographic documentaries. Hunter spends time with me one-on-one without anything sexual. He spends time with me. We talk and we discuss things and we share things about our lives. And like there is understanding about who I am as a human being. Yeah, there is an expectation that he is going to entertain the social parts that I need in my life. And I do that for him as well. That's what that looks like. So we can get into that space and be effective in that space. I was talking about all of that to get to this. I'm very primal. I like to fight at the kink BNB. Obviously it's our anniversary. So I'm feeling like I, I sat back a lot in the beginning of the night. I just enjoyed. So we all went to dinner and there's something really special about watching people enjoy fresh conversation. The reason these couples came together was because of me. I was the one that introduced them. I am the catalyst for the union of these three groups. It was me who did that. I was the one who made this decision. So to sit back and watch them like happy, I was like, oh, you did good. Like you did really good. These people are enjoying each other. I'm seeing the smiles. I'm seeing them share moments. Now I'm not part of these moments, but like I get to watch them. I can think of some specific moments. One where Hunter had said out loud to court, He was like, wow, you surprised me because I don't think he realized how vivacious she is, you know, like she's super fun. She's a fun girl. (laughs) And so he expressed that pleasure about her. Well, because I was the one who kind of unionized everyone, I was feeling a little more comfortable than usual, I think. She was definitely very much in in my zone. But sometimes it takes a lot to get me there. And I was fully comfortable that that night. night. Yeah, I was fully comfortable. You came up behind me. The six of us were in the back room where that table is. And you came up behind me, put your arms around me, started kissing on my neck. And then I went stiff as a board and decided to fight. 
<laughs> I sat straight up, pulled back and did one of these, and he grabbed me, turned me around, and slammed me on the table. And the whole room, like you could feel the air suck out of the room. And that was that moment of, is everybody going to be okay, or did we just create a problem? <laughs> it, it wasn't a, a soft slam or no, I'm going right. to turn you. It knocked, it, it put me in a daze. Like I saw stars. Like it was a, bam. like, Bam, yeah. head on table, like it was loud and it was intrusive it was for so everybody it else. Was they, so they, hot. Yeah. It was so hot. <laughs> oh, it was so hot. And then everybody went, fuck yeah. Right. And they all jumped so in. We all, and I started so fighting she, everybody. Right, so she starts fighting everybody off and we're all holding her down. And then as Court she comes in with the toys and she's like, you're such a good girl. Yeah. Hold still back. Yeah, so, oh, and, yeah. So we're holding her down. And I'm fighting five people. And they're... <laughs> They're penetrating her as we're holding her I'm down. I'm fighting people. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm fighting. Like, I'm not talking. Like, we're drenched in sweat. Kurt is drenched in sweat. Absolutely. Because like, later on, I said to him, I said, oh, I can still smell your sweat all over me. <laughs> <laughs> we held her there and forced her to come. And Which she. Nuts. Right, so it, it, it held her that she fought us the entire time, and there was four of us holding her down, and one person fucking her with a, with a vibrating dildo yeah. until she came. That was the, the craziest thing. That that's a big smile you have there. I know. I don't even. I was so like, I I was cussing people out. I was trying to fight people. I like like it was nuts. It was so fun, though, because I knew everybody in the room and I, there had been enough discussion prior. Everybody knew that this was a kink of mine. Everybody knew what my comfort level was. Like we made sure everybody knew that I enjoy this type of play. Now, at no point in time was there any expectation that that is what would happen. We had discussed I had discussed at length with Hunter and Rose also about how aggressive I can be. And they were like, okay, you know, maybe it would help to see it sometime to be able to see that dynamic between you and Boone, to be able to see what that actually looks like. Because it's again, the same situation that Boone was in of, okay, does she mean what I think she means? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think it helped give them that comfort level because I know Hunter said later on, he was like, at any point in time, if I had any question about consent, I didn't because I know how solid your relationship is with Boone and what your communication levels look like. We've been friends for a year. If someone would have walked into that room at the wrong time, oh they, would, they would have definitely have thought they would definitely would have thought something non-consensual was going on. Yeah. Yeah. But and, I was having a great time. Right, she loved every second. <laughs> and that's abundantly clear coming through. Mm -hmm. But like you said, somebody walking into that room is going to go, mm, and I'm sure at some point somebody's going, hmm, hmm. I'm sure. Is there a safe word or something in that moment where, okay, this has gone too far? Yeah. Everything's red, yellow, green okay. with us. And I like keeping the green involved too, because that allows our partners to be able to ask, hey, are you still good? And I can throw out a green and not get hung up in a conversation about comforting you. Mm -hmm. I can just go green. Like, shut the fuck up. We're green. So it, like, you wait until you're asked, but it's not like the occasional green. No. Nope. Just like, no. hey, we're good. No. Uh, if, if it's if it's a red or a yellow, she's throwing that out as she feels that. Like, okay. if she says, hey, yellow, let's, let's and, have and, some caution here. Like, the, you're, you're pushing a boundary that, that probably wasn't discussed. And mm -hmm. I've played enough with Hunter and Rose that they know that I'll throw a red out 
like I will throw red out before Rose will ever throw a red out. To me, Rose, like red just means we're done for, for Rose. Like red is like red, like it is serious for me. I might just call something a red because I'm done and we're done. And I know that it's going to go to a level that I'm not cut. Like everybody knows that I'll call it quick. I, I don't ever typically let things go very far. I'm more cautious. So after you came, did you call red or? No, I never had to. Nice. It was a beautiful thing. I didn't have to be responsible for fucking anything. Nothing. Everybody got the message. Assignment understood. I couldn't ask for a better experience. First of all, I had no expectation that that fantasy would come true. I didn't know that that was my fantasy. I didn't know how strong I was. So there was that sense of satisfaction. I know that probably sounds sick. But at the end of it, I was like, damn. It, it was not easy to hold her there. And there was four of us I, holding her I down. I can believe that. And I was like, yeah, I could have kept going if I wanted to, but I didn't really want to. Towards, towards the end, she stopped struggling. And one, and one of those persons. <laughs> he knew. Was, he knew. Yeah, one of those people were able to sneak away and take a couple pictures. I've been in the position where you have a forced orgasm and the struggle is no longer a struggle anymore. <laughs> yes, I have seen that where you are lifting up your hip. Now, see, you have said that it wasn't really lifting up your hips to get away. It was more lifting up your hips to get it in. To get more. Yep. Yeah. But wow. That's intense. I will say that I would struggle with my own reservations being one of those four people having to hold Bex down when she's fighting with every ounce of her and she's apparently very strong. I don't know if I could be one of those four. If you had asked me before this where I stood, mm -hmm. I would have been in that boat with you. But the more I listened to her and the more I watched her talk about this, I was like, wow, that might have been real fun to be part of. In the back of my head, I would have had to know, yeah, this is good. And when it's not, there's a word that is said that says, okay, this is not good anymore and done. And that's where I'm at. For me, it's very clear listening to her describe the situation and even knowing, having seen her on the cross at the club that night, it's very clear that these are turn-ons for her, that mm -hmm. this is something she very much enjoys. There's no question in my mind about that. I'm talking about my own reservations of me being in a situation where I'm now forced to hold someone back when they are fighting against it. And even though I know in the front of my mind that, yes, she's enjoying this and I'm doing this to please her, my own reservations would come into play and be like, you should not be holding someone down. They should <laughs> not be fighting back on something they enjoy. This would be my own problem. <laughs> and this is where I see you taking more of court's role in this situation and being the one who's using the wand or the dildo or whatever it is that gets her off. And you're the one providing the pleasure Yeah. while the others are... Making sure she's taking it. Maybe, but again, it's, I don't know, that's almost worse if she's fighting against it oh, and it's not even... the way she described the words that Court was using. Oh, that's where it was like, oh, they are totally fucking with this girl and she is giving it right back to them. And it was just... Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get into all of the BDSM stuff, mm -hmm. I want to mention how Bex spoke to my heart in this podcast Aww. when she talked about skipping. When I was younger, my dad said to me that it was very important to always stay young at heart. And uh, 
And he told me how there are times when he'll just be walking down the road alone and he will just start skipping out of nowhere because he it, it kept him young at heart and it made him happy. Oh, I'm going to cry. So when I think of skipping, it really is such a young at heart thing to do. And it's so <laughs> she, she just hit me <laughs> in the in like the feels <laughs> for real. I love that. They cannot do that justice. They can nail it. Got me. And I love that. And that's one of the things about the lifestyle as a whole that I really feel it keeps people young and keeps people just having fun. And I also feel that's Bex and Boone's angle. They just love to have fun. Mm -hmm. And whatever that means is where they go. Completely agree. I loved how much you talked through this whole episode. I just want to start off by saying the BDSM world and the kink world are very very foreign worlds to me. It makes two of us. I have only read very limited information about different topics. It's not something I fully understand. And that's why I had so many questions for them because she's very good at explaining where she's at and her mindset going into these things. And I really enjoyed the way that she was just very open about it. My very limited scope of understanding anything BDSM or kink come from, have you ever seen the movie The Secretary? Yes. <laughs> Maggie so. Gyllenhaal? And she crawls in the office. Yes. Oh, oh, my God. I find that movie so hot. It is a turn on, like super sexy. Do I ever actually want to be in that position? No. <laughs> like, I don't ever want to be tied up like a horse or corrected on every little thing I do. And Really? Or do you? Because you get so inquisitive and so curious about all of this. I really want to well, because, take okay, you to here's... a dom and have someone go through this. And I'm not talking the pain side. I'm just talking the control side. Yeah. And see how you enjoy it or not. I feel like I like control to a point. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, I'm like, no, don't fucking tell me what to do. Don't do that. Like, then I like almost switch and I don't, and You're I want breath. all There's the There's no doubt about it. <laughs> but because a movie like The Secretary is such a turn on to me, that's what makes me so inquisitive, right? That's what makes me question, well, why is this turning me on? But I also have no desire to actually be on the receiving end of this. Like, what is it triggering in my brain that I'm like, yeah, that's really hot. But then on the other hand, not want to push myself to be in that position. I'm like, no, I don't actually want to be there. I just like watching it from an outside perspective. And then there's also, I don't know if you've ever seen the porn fashionistas. Yes. Uh, you talking Belladonna now. That's, yes. that's my cup of tea. Ugh. She was my favorite hands down for a long, long time. I love a Belladonna I porn. may she's, or may not have every single one she was ever in. She's a hardcore. Yes. Yeah, yeah, she's on a level I don't think I'd ever, ever be able to get to. But she's in that fashionista porn, which is very much in the BDSM. And that, again, is my exposure to any kind of real kink and BDSM type things. I can't base everything on a movie or porn. So this is my... Real world exposure is the Bex and Boone conversation that we have in this podcast. And I'm just full of questions. <laughs> I just I have mean, so many questions. There's some shit that happens in those Belladonna movies that I'm like, whoa. Yeah. How do you know this is okay? 
Right. But the answer to that is the communication. Correct. And that's another reason why I absolutely love the BDSM and kink worlds because they go beyond a standard like swinger conversation. What we would have is just like, okay, what are your rules? Like what's okay, what's not okay. But here, when you're talking BDSM things, the conversation has to go so much further. You have to spell out the entire scene, say exactly what is okay, what's not okay. Give your safe words. You know, everybody has to be on board. This can't be something that is just a in passing in conversation. This has to go in depth. You have to be very oh, yeah. specific. There's no, hey, yeah, go ahead and do whatever and I'll let you know. No, right. no. I'll let you know when it doesn't feel good. You tell yeah. me what you <laughs> may or may not be okay with and where your hard stop are. And that's the next level of communication. It really is. I also have to say that I am thoroughly impressed that they started out and she's harder, harder, harder. And it got to a point where he goes, I don't know if I'm the one to find what the limit is for you. I don't want to be the one that gets you to that point that says, oh, that was too much. Now I'm looking at you a different way. And why were you able to do that to me? And now I'm uncomfortable around you. Yeah. I think that was brilliant on his part saying, hey, if you want to go a little further, let's find somebody who does this and knows how to get to that point. And if you get to that point and don't want to be around that person anymore, you can just out and we go on with our life. I would agree with you. I think that's some very good forethought in saying, yeah, I don't want to be the one who hits you too hard. And then now you have lost trust in me and we have to regain it somehow. What would you do if I found a love for being hit? Would you hit me or would you feel it's a trap? I will say there are many times that we engage with people where I'll give a cute little smack on the ass and the response will be, oh, you can do it harder. And I'm like, I could, but... Do we have to? I, <laughs> and... like, but what if that was my kink? What if I was finding my in a BDSM black hole. And I just really wanted to go down that journey and see what it was all about. Would you be willing to start that with me? I think it would be a gradual progression. I don't think it would be, all right, first time I'm hitting you as hard as I fucking can. It would be, okay, I have to build up to this and build up to the level of comfort that you also have to build up to. Right. And would that do anything for you? I say no without having experienced it. I mean, I've I've had the paddles and the floggers, floggers and whatnot, mm -hmm. and I enjoy that. I think it's fun going through the progressively faster, faster, harder, more. And I, I don't mind it. And it is a turn on to me. So quite possibly. Yeah. Okay. Just wondering. Especially it depends on what you might have said to me earlier. No. <laughs> <laughs> did you leave your dishes in the sink earlier? <laughs> How many cups did you put <laughs> Everybody has that different view of what that line is. What, oh, that sounds like fun, but I can't get there. Yeah. Bex and Boone, it's, they love the BDSM stuff. Mm -hmm. Tom and Lauren love as many guys as they can find. Ron and Holly sending her out to have fun at the hotel. Echo and Falcon, a good puppy pile. Exactly. Everybody has something that other people are going to go, God, I wish I could do that, but... That's where my line is. Right. Yeah. I, it's like, I don't know if I can do that. It's crazy how we all still come together and get along so fucking great and look at those little pieces of each other and go, hmm, I'm curious. I don't know if I could, but I'm curious. Or admire them because I think in Bex's case, I admire that she can go to this level that is so far beyond even where my line is drawn. You know, my line is drawn at one flog. <laughs> 
I could never imagine getting to the level that she gets oh, to. No. no. For me, I completely admire that about her. I admire it because it's something that I feel I'm not capable of. Same goes with Tom and Lauren. Lauren having multiple guys come in and out. And I'm like, you ask me all the time, when am I ready for that? When am I ready for that? And I always feel like, oh, I'm not mm-hmm. there yet. Not there yet. Yep. Not there yet. And so another thing, you know, I admire that about her. I think that's amazing that she can just let her herself go there and be that person. Bex talks about how accomplished she felt when she put together the group that went to the kink B&B because they all interacted so well. And I just kind of had to giggle to myself because I know that this is very much you. Yes, (laughs) I I was giggling to myself as well. When we put together our pre-parties, you happen to put together a group that just engages with each other so well and we all get along and then we walk away from it and I just see you beaming. You were just smile from ear to ear. I did that. I put together this group. I made sure this happened. To take it even a step further when we get to the club and you see them still interacting with each other. I know you just love, love, love that because you're just like, oh, look, at it surpassed dinner. Like they're not forced to be with each other now and they're still being with each other. (laughs) Yes, 100%. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for a Hump Day Quickie. We hope this brought you some midweek excitement. If you have your own confession you'd like to share with us and our audience, please call 844-4HUMPDAY and leave us a message. Can't wait to hear your sexy stories. And we're back. And we're back back in the sex part. (laughs) You suck. Oh, I'm never going to be able to do it again. coming. Here it comes. And we're back. (laughs) You said it.